Welcome to episode 62 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is the original trinity of Comic Book Nation, right. my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And back from the road, Mr. Brandon Davis is here. Hello. And as always, Mr. Brandon Davis isn't just back from the road, but he's back and bearing gifts this time in the form of our spoiler-free review of Joker. We are here to give you the lowdown early without spoiling a thing so you guys can have a better impression of what this movie is all about because Mr. Brandon Davis snuck out to Warner Brothers and saw this. You've probably yep. seen his uh, review or his reactions floating around social media, and so now he's going to give you guys an in-depth breakdown of what Joker is all about. But that's not the only thing we have for you today. In addition to talking Joker, we are going to talk about the new Terminator Dark Fate trailer, which kind of slipped through the cracks of last week. And we are going to be talking about Robert Pattinson talking about Batman for the first time, some new Gears of War 5 updates that are pretty exciting for us, and some other things going on across geekdom. So be sure to not miss any of that when we come back for our newsflash. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. All right. So now that we're back, here is what we're going to be talking about first. Terminator, Dark Fate. Uh, when we did the last episode before the weekend, it was... One of those cases that happens a lot of the time around here where we go in, put together a whole show, put it together, and, you know, knock it out, and then something big happens. So yep. Terminator Dark Fate trailer dropped uh, just before Labor Day weekend, and it might seem like old news by now, but uh, this is our first chance to kind of talk about it. And we've been steadily kind of following this movie through development and have had, you know, I guess we call it some trepidatious uh, impressions of it. But um, Brandon Davis has been the biggest cheerleader, ironically enough, for because you got to see much more of Terminator Dark Feet. Uh, Dark Feet. <laughs> That's a Quentin Tarantino. I, I want that movie. That's a Tarantino version of Terminator. <laughs> um, Dark Fate, you've gotten to see uh, two spots of footage at uh, CinemaCon and Comic-Con, I believe. Yes. So you have been kind of trying to sound the trumpet that what we saw in that first trailer did not really kind of convey what you saw in the actual movie itself, in the extended scenes. And now we have this new trailer out. And I'll say, I thought this new trailer was the best one so far. I think it's the best Terminator movie trailer we've had <laughs> in the last two films. But I'm still not sure if it's going to sell everybody. I still think there's a large portion of the fan base that sees what's in this trailer and it's just like, kind of has a ho-hum attitude. Uh, for some, one of, weirdly enough, one of your favorite pieces, BD, um, when you came back and gave us a breakdown of the photos you saw was the Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, I'll be back, you know, remix of that line, which mm -hmm. you loved, uh, has become a really hated thing 
like across the internet, a lot of people really had a problem with that line in the trailer. They thought it was cheesy and are rolling their eyes. I actually didn't like it because I, I mean, I liked it. I did not hate it because I feel like in the context of a scene, it's going to play much better. Yeah, we saw it in, a, in an extended version. We saw like that whole scene on the bridge where Gabriel Luna shows up and she's, he's about to kill uh, Mackenzie Davis's Terminator and uh, that girl, uh, I forget the actress's name. I forget the character's names. There's just so many new people in this movie. Um, but Linda Hamilton shows up. She's got like a chain gun. She's roasting him with bullets. He finally starts to fall apart and just rebuilds and all that stuff. And then she uses a rocket launcher and blows him off a bridge or something and then just drops the grenade and says, I'll be back. And it was cool when you see it. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's going to be cliche and cheesy no matter what because, like, you know, the purpose of saying the line, it's all cliche anyway. But it works better in the context of the actual scene that we saw. It, but, like, even if people saw everything, like, I enjoyed what I saw. I think I'm excited for the movie, but at, like, as excited as I'm going to be because does anybody even really want a Terminator movie at this point? Well, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people want issue. a good Terminator movie yes. and a return to form Terminator movie. I don't is that possible think... with? Every, I mean, if, even if this movie's great, is this a franchise that after the past however many movies that were bad can be redeemed? Like, I know that we're jumping back in. This is right after T two, and it's a continuity where the other crap movies never happened, and we're picking up after the good Terminator movies, but. Is this a franchise that still has that power to get people excited, even if this movie's great? I think any franchise has that potential, potential. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, if you look at, like, the current Rambo trailers, like, those are resonating a lot with, with people. And you look at, uh, you know, Die Hard kind of did a thing where it had a bunch of sequels, and then it did one that people didn't really expect, and all of a sudden, like, a lot of people were fans of that first like return to form for Die Hard and then again they kept piling on a bunch of sequels and no one really wanted but I think it's possible for any of these franchises to have that I, I mean I'm excited but I kind of agree like I have the same problems that I think the the footage itself and some of those parts in the like when Arnold's on the I don't even know where they are at top of a truck or wherever they are and he's like unloading a plane the gun are they on a plane so he's unloading the machine gun at Luna's face and he's just taking all those bullets and like uh, there's some really cool imagery here um Mackenzie Davis's character has a couple really cool spots in this but the lines that they stop the music on that are supposed to be the punctuation to those <laughs> imagery to that imagery suck like they all like there's twice in this thing they stop the music and someone says a line and both times it was like landed with a thud I'm like that and that line's one of them like I feel like when you watch that scene it'll be fine when you watch it in the trailer, though, and they want it to hit you, it's not hitting. Like, it, I don't know how they edit it. I don't know what the problem is, but it's not resonating. Okay. As excited as I am based on what I've seen at these events, I'm still just, like, cautiously optimistic for this movie. I hope it's great. I hope it's yeah. a great return to form because Terminator and T2 are freaking amazing movies. But I know. think, well, I'll speak and say that I think, yeah, there are a lot of people their potential is always there and it's just waiting for somebody to realize it. Like none of us thought planet of the apes would be another one, like yeah. one of the yeah. modern great franchises <laughs> of, to, of cinema yeah. or be kind of a, a movie we were talking about getting awards for like, but you know, somebody came along and had the vision to put that together and do that. So like we can do that with Terminator, but it just has to be done right. And it's just weird that, like, all these major people keep coming back to the franchise. Like, Arnold came back for Genesis. 
Now James Cameron's back, Arnold's back, Linda Hamilton's back, and it still feels like kind of a miss. I think, in a weird way, Terminator needs like a true reboot. Like, it, it, but also, like, I mean, I think it's the effect that you saw on the X Men franchise. Like, even if Dark Phoenix was a fantastic movie, I don't think the X Men franchise would have gotten so much buzz after movies like Apocalypse damaged the brand and the the level of buzz. No, the- I don't. I don't believe that. I mean, history. X Men: Days of Future Past killed it, and the, you know, First Class was so so, and the last stand in X-Men Origins Wolverine should have arguably killed it all together, but it managed to pull out a major win. So I don't think any of that is like, I mean, it's kind of like Terminator, like your fate's not determined. Like wow, you nice can open segment. it up wow, and nice like, time. you know, change the things. The future is not set. <laughs> yeah, it's not set. You just got to do it the right way. And I think also, I think there's legions of people pulling out their hair who were like fans of the Dark Horse comics mm-hmm. and no other, and kind of like, yeah, Dark Horse comics, like all that Terminator lore that was explored well, other forms, I don't know. I think our definition really of legions is different then. What's up? I think our definition of legions of people is different. Well, I'm saying, like, there's not a legion of comic book fans, but I'm saying there are t- a lot of people who grew up, like, reading those Dark Horse stories and just having their idea of what a Terminator story could be vastly expanded. Yeah, it's um, And much better than the movies have ever done. I mean, I hope I hope that's what happens. And I think I really do. And I think it could happen. I'm not But I think it out. just needs a true reboot. Like a true re, like a reboot. Ah, reboot. Like, for real. Like, but no one wants to let go of that Cameron yeah, golden Exactly. Era. And I think that's the problem with this in some yeah. ways. Like, if you had just shown me oh, a sure. movie about a young, you know, Mexican girl, like, wandering around and then some horrible thing, dude, coming through a door and trying to murder her and having all these, like, freaky powers... And then show me a woman who just like beats him up and is like, I'm an enhanced human. Like, and it's a mystery about why Terminator is now like this. Like, I would be much more intrigued than that. Interesting. And it's just like, I think it's the approach. And I think you got to let go of the past for real and, you know, start on a new storyline from the basics again. And we're just not quite doing it. I think, here's the thing though, I think if this doesn't land, that's the next step because at this point you've literally brought everybody, everybody back, back. Yeah. that you can. You've re- you've restored every single thing from that all golden that nostalgia. age. Nostalgia, yeah. And if this doesn't play, you have to because there's nowhere else to go. No, you know, yeah. All right, well that'll do it. We're gonna be keeping our eyes on Terminator: Dark Fate uh, coming up this fall. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you guys think this will be? In the end, do you predict this will be more towards the T2 side of the fence or the Genesis side of the fence? It's really hard to get Man, to the Genesis somewhere side. I'm going to say, somewhere. I, yeah. I, I would, think it'll be towards the T2 side, but also like, like 75%. It'll be better than Salvation. It's not going to be as good as how, T2. How could it not? What? Salvation. How could it not be better yeah, than man. Salvation? Salvation was yeah. not great. I don't know. Do you uh, do you guys rank No, Genesis I think like this will be like a I, don't. I mean if Both I'm going based on what I've Something. seen, I think this movie <laughs> has potential to be like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 movie maybe. Could be could exceed that. It could not meet that. I, it's hard to tell. How do I'm you, in the 7 range. I think hey man, that's we're what living it looks in a time like when Angel has fallen is ruling the box office. So that's you know. true. All you right. didn't like that movie though. I know I said it was alright. I said it was an action uh, movie, yeah, yeah, but it was just kind of like yeah. We've we get so many movies we don't yeah. need yeah. now. All right. Well, moving on, let's talk about Robert Pattinson. So, Robert Pattinson's been opening up about playing Batman a little bit more. Uh, just kind of sharing, because he was notoriously quiet while this whole casting process was going down. Um, he reveals how much, how you know, pissed off he was, was when hilarious. it leaked. That was that his whole team went into freak-out <laughs> mode because he thought the leak had ruined his chances of being Batman. 
And so uh, he did this. But one thing that stuck out to me, I wrote, I was writing up today, is him saying um, the question of what, you know, how how deep is he into this franchise and saying, oh, I don't know anything. I'm just figuring out the scenes I need to figure out right now, and that's all I know, which is, you know, I'm like, okay, that's BS. Like, this is the perfect, you know, media training answer that an actor is yeah. supposed to give. But, like, yeah, I don't buy that. Like, he technically I don't... contradicts himself in the interview. Yeah. Because at another point, he says he True. grew up watching the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, 89 Batman and used to have Batman costumes and go around as a kid. So he's aware. Yeah. <laughs> he's aware of Didn't the Didn't he try on a bat character. suit already? Yeah. yeah. He's already tried on a bat suit. Like, yeah, he's done all that. <laughs> My thing is, I don't think he is just in this for this movie and taking it oh, no. one step at a time. Like, I don't believe that at all. No. There's no way that I feel like Warner Brothers, like, this ain't Joker. This is Batman. This is the like, golden goose. Yeah, this is the golden goose. <laughs> like, I even say in one, like, the post, like, one Batman film automatically begets, like, another, unless you totally, you know, you know, crap the bed like Batman and Robin. Like, you are getting more than yeah. one. And I feel like after everything that happened with Ben Affleck and all the confusion with Henry Cavill, like, WB would at least have a firm beginning plan for yeah. what to do with this kid, how many films to lock him down for, and all of that. So, yeah, I'm not buying no, that. No, I don't like, either. Now, I get why he's saying it. Yeah. Absolutely. But as far as, like, believability, no. No, no. way. And, like, yeah, and, and I think, and I kind of did say that as a caveat in the post, is that, like, while we want to ask those questions, I think there are a lot of DC fans who have come around to, and I'm one of them, to yo, stop asking these <laughs> questions. Like, yeah. let's just get, like, it's just like Terminator. Right now, let's just get one good Batman movie that we can all hang our hat on and enjoy Yes, and then go from there. Yeah. Like, if there's any lesson from the past decade of DC movies, it's stop making these stupid franchise plans too early. Like, stop telling, like, what well, we're focused on the Batman, stop having me think of the Batman 2, Bane arrives. Like, like, don't tell me anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. Just let's get through the Batman and make a really good Batman movie. And then we can decide what we want to do with that material. Is it yeah. connected to Joker? Is it this? Blah, blah, blah. Is it going to be, you know, whatever. Do you think it's called the Batman? Um, I don't think that's ever been official. No. But unless they're going to put something in the title that, like, Makes fans go squee because it like refers to uh, uh, like a big like a, a storyline or famous thing. I don't see why you don't just call it the Batman. I hate that title so much. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a better one. I wasn't saying that. As I mean, like I have better. I just hate that title. Ugh. Because I mean, it, the title implies like, a... like you know, it, it, it implies like we're gonna see the story about how yeah. this you know detective gets built up into this yeah. larger icon. As I'm not saying it doesn't Batman, work. You know. I just don't like it. Do you think so. that a title like Batman Zero Year or some sort of comic book title could act, could be attached and all like that Warner Brothers would look at it and be like, all right, yeah, we could throw that on and it'll still sell tickets? Or do you think you just have to call it the Batman? Well, to I, capture I it? think I learned in the 2000s, I've, I've told this story before, either in the office or on this podcast about like I had uh, my wife had a friend who she was living with when, you know, I was in grad school and The Dark Knight came out. Mm -hmm. And I was over at their house, like literally before Thursday night, before opening weekend, the Dark Knight, and we saw it was when they were running all the TV spots. Yeah. So she saw a TV spot for this, and this girl like flipped out, and she was like, "Oh my god, I will never see that movie. They are totally ripping off Batman." <laughs> and I was like, "Um, okay." And I had some fun with that, as you know, I would. But like, yeah, I think we've learned that. I think they learned in the late 2000s trying to attach all these fancy titles and artistic titles. 
It just confuses the stupid people. <laughs> so you just gotta try to keep it as franchise. I still as like possible. World's Greatest Detective as a sub, but yeah, I get it because it fits with Reeves and what he's doing. Yeah. but yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, but you just don't want to confuse the dumb. Lowest, lowest common denominator. Yeah. yeah, the Batman is pretty simple. That's, like, yeah, it's a new version, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but um, all right. So yeah, I think our whole thing right now is taking the approach that Joker took in what we'll say may or may not be successfully based on what Brandon Davis says. Uh, yeah, just take this film and just get it done just as a standalone and then go from there. Yep. All right. Well, moving right along. This one's fun for you, Matt, as a wrestler and gamer. We have a Gears of War 5 update, which is that uh, your buddy Batista is going to be in Gears of War. Yay! I'm actually very excited about this. I wish I had a... This is one of the few times that I wish I had an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> this series... Shame that you don't This have series is the console. only... But this series is why I don't have a console. It it's the only a, series that I care about I on Microsoft. I don't you don't have the better console. It's... Better con we, we won't get into that because that'll yeah, be a long so. thing. So, it'll <laughs> be a no, long this thing. This is really exciting, though. Uh, but this is awesome. I mean, he's been wanting to play Marcus Phoenix in the Gears of War, the long, gestating Gears of War movie that's been in development, it seems like, for forever. There's no one else that can play Marcus Phoenix. He's he's perfect. He's great for that role. I mean, and like I was saying when, when this news kind of hit, like, it's like the dude looks like yeah. he's already in the game. I mean, he looks like a, a cog brought to life. So this is this fits. He's going to be a multiplayer character, uh, which is great. And evidently, I know they don't know the exact details, but you really only have to play during a certain period of time to unlock him. Uh, and then, like, that's permanent. It's show name, Batista. Yeah, I mean, and it's awesome that they gave him the sunglasses from the current, the most recent run, uh, his most recent WWE run. He had those st stupid-looking shades, I and they put him on there. Like, a, like, he tries to get a weapon or something or get through a, a fight and yells, Give me what I want! Well, he was really... Give me what I want! So the description is kind of cool because, like, they developed it when they when they made it, they essentially put him put Batista's head on Marcus's body in the game, and then in the, in the photo that they released or the video that he's yeah. he's wearing Marcus Phoenix's armor. Armor. So they put him in the armor, and then they did that, and then they slowly started like kind of chipping and tweaking and making it look more like uh, him as a cog, and then they went and recorded dialogue. So. And they tried to do like mannerisms yeah. with him and like things he would say. So I, I desperately hope. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. I hope that's in there because that's that's like become somebody such a great line. Goes and to execute. Them. I will kill. All. I want a Batista bomb looking thing when he like goes to like just knock someone's head off. Like I want those things. And it's cool. And it's like from what I understand, it's free. I, I think it's just I you just so. play during that time. I don't think you have to pay for it. Um, so from what I understand, so awesome. I mean, I think this is a no brainer. And, uh, you know, I think when it's great. When does Gears 5 come out? Literally September 6th is when you can play the game early. So I believe... Wait, like next week? Yeah. No, this, this week. week. This week. I think it releases for full yeah. on either this Friday or next Tuesday. But you can play in their, like, early access beta or whatever Why on did the I 6th. try to take a vacation last week? Seriously, you should have done this week. Uh, I mean, it was the end of summer. You just were following the natural... Like, Only reason to own an Xbox, Gears of War 5. <laughs> you, you, you played Gears of War? Yeah. All of them. Yeah, he's a huge... No, I mean, this one. No. I, I never know. You're, like, out in secret. You're, like, an espionage <laughs> oh, agent. No. We don't know where you are. Now you can doing, come over anytime you want. But you, you usually come over... I will, I will totally like, play. So I've sampled everything for the next six months. So oh, we can co-op the campaign. Come on, dude. Split screen. Oh. Uh, 
Let's get real excited. So, right let's do it. Yeah, I mean, Gears of War, I mean, that was like one of the first times with Xbox 360 that I was up all night just yep. killing it. Just I once broke it. a TV. I, wow. I, okay. When I, so when I was in high school, I played very extreme, Gears very of quick. War so much that I played it for so many straight hours. I had friends over. We put all the TVs in my living room. And then my friends left, and I went back up to my room, and I put the TV on, and I played it. And I played it probably from about 4 p.m. right through till about 6 a.m. And at, when I woke up the next morning, my TV wouldn't turn on because it had burnt out because I played Gears of War for too many hours. So wow. I'm very excited for Gears of War 5. That story took a different turn. Yeah, I, didn't I know thought, where it was I thought going. you had I did not throw it. my controller at the TV, even though I have a history of doing that. I have broken controllers, never a controller and a TV at the same time. I have very I have a lot of memories of me and three other buddies co-oping the campaign, playing horde mode yeah. every Friday night. That was a weekly our weekly get together, and we did it for like yeah, six me and hours. My best and friend pop. did it co-op. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, pissed no, off I a mean, lot of neighbors too. Oh I, yeah, I that too. Yeah. And oh, when yeah. I was ever I was frustrated, man, bad day at work or something, just come home. And I would just be charging people and just sawing them in half of chainsaws. It was great. And I would yell at Brad. Shout out to Brad for not finding cover. Please find cover. <laughs> find cover, <laughs> don't, Brad. Don't die in the middle of the field. And I'm a sniper and I got to go run and get you. Come on. <laughs> Classic Brad. <laughs> Shout out to Brad. <laughs> all right. Moving right along because we're all excited. We're going to get too deep into this Gears Wars nostalgia, obviously, over here. <laughs> uh, we got a word on uh, something that was near and dear to my heart growing up. The Spawn HBO animated series. Oh. If you guys have never seen that you guys need to check that out that's one of the best adult animated series that you know i've seen especially it's one of the best series. comic book series that i've seen and so you know tom mcfarlane's always talking he's always thinking he's always coming up with the next spawn scheme um and he's had a Love couple of meetings it seems i'll read to you what he it says is. and i'll try to do it in my best todd voice we're talking right now i just had a couple of meetings this weekend about a couple of different animation looks both something that we can get kids in at a younger age and then get them into the sort of crack cocaine version of Spawn, Mark Farley said, and then do the adult one. So we're talking about that. I think both of those come after the movie. Wait, the crack cocaine was the, kid the kids one? one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is nobody like Todd McFarlane. Oh my God! Well, I, I totally Todd read that the other way around. Have you ever interviewed Todd That's McFarlane? A, yeah, yes, yeah. I have many times. Yeah, yeah. it's so cool. Though. Like, yeah, I, but I think in his mind, <laughs> like, it just sounds crack weird. is like the the bad, like you know. I think he's framing that as crack is like the bad dispensable right, version yeah. of real true blue cocaine, which yeah. is like like he really went it. deep with that. Yeah, in a weird <laughs> that way, he says some weird things maybe about uh, Todd McFarlane. Todd. Ooh, but, I love uh, you know, whatever. Um, but he wants to deal crack to the kids in form of Spawn. I just so. think it's <laughs> funny from just a premise standpoint of like, yeah, kid, we got to get kids hooked on Spawn. Like, I just think that's like, oh, yeah. I want to do a kid's version of Spawn. Like, what planet yeah, does that work? Yeah, that's why I wanted to but... bring this up. Like, um, <laughs> Tom McFarlane, like I said, he's always saying stuff. I mean, he's got more plans than Guillermo del Toro and the DCEU combined. Uh -huh. But, like, how much of these things we'll actually see? We're still waiting to see this live-action Spawn movie actually happen. So, Which I'm excited for. Yeah, so was I, yeah. if it happens. The man, yeah. I was at Comic-Con when he was ranting Isn't and raving about... Like Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner? Yeah, right? everybody's on board, right? Yeah, except he was ranting and raving at Comic-Con about the money men. He doesn't have yeah. the necessary... The money men want to make changes. He doesn't want to let them make changes, and that's where we're kind of at. Yeah. So he was threatening I could just to picture... Go. I could hear Todd McFarlane explaining that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you can. You can in your head. Once he's in your head, he's there forever. But, he uh, lives there. Pit rent free. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was why I wanted to bring it up. Like, the adult, the return of the adult version of Spawn cartoon. All four. All four. Yes. <laughs> what you're trying to do with a kid's version, it seems like overextending. I think Tom McFarlane always thinks Spawn is more 
kind of widespread acclaim that it is. I uh, think because I or think maybe he's just easy... making the toys and he thinks like, hey. I got a market. Maybe there. that's it, because like the easier comparison as from a uh, from a, oh hey you have this adult version of the character and then you have a more PG friendly version would be Deadpool. But the difference is that Spawn has never had that kind of personality, that kind of playful, yeah, or that lighthearted. Mythos. No, like he's got cool characters in the world. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like there's some really cool characters in Spawn's world, but they don't lend themselves to this kind of lighthearted fair. Like, Deadpool yeah. has some screwed up things, but he has that other Can't side. Can't wait to see the children's version of Violator. Yeah, and right? Like, you know, that's going to be great. <laughs> like, it just doesn't. Or the and, flashback with Chapel. How did Spawn become Spawn? Yeah. yeah. There's then, just not that kind. So new dude sticking your way, kids. Like, this is what happens when you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't and know. And if you do just a toned-down version, to me, that's not interesting enough to do that. Like, you have to really go far with it and break the fourth wall and do those kinds of things you can do in a PG movie with, like, Deadpool. He just doesn't... I don't know, that character doesn't... But maybe he does in McFarlane's, like, got a new version of Spawn or he's maybe that does. Gonna, I mean, there would be work as kind of like a boogeyman superhero thing, like stories with detectives yeah. and cops that have, like... This boogie I mean, that's the thing about like, the movie, right? Yeah. The movie's supposed to be, that's like... kind of approach. Yeah. yeah, it's more about the cops... And Twitch and like like those characters dealing with this weird otherworldly stuff presence than about him. If they do that, yeah, it could be like a fun goosebumpsy we'll vibe. Maybe we get like a total Spawn Cerebus team up show. That'll be uh, wow. <laughs> that'll be just them doing stuff through the Spawn multiverse. Who knows? But yeah, no. In all seriousness, nobody needs that. Crossover with the Max. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh God, the Max, man! Wow, you dug deep for that one. Pull that out. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody needs that, right? Uh, no, like, no. just bring us back the adult version of Spawn, which was again a really awesome cartoon. Yeah, awesome. Let's. I'm all for that. Make that yeah. happen. That other stuff, uh, I think, is just Todd McFarlane. Maybe on the non-crack cocaine version of crack cocaine. <laughs> uh, so, moving uh, right along. <sighs> we've been hearing that uh, Netflix is going to... There's this British cooking show coming to Netflix that's going to try out the week-to-week -week model, which I just wanted to get a quick roundabout, because I like to throw just some topics in here. Grenades, pull the pen, you know, throw it in here. Do you guys think Netflix should go more towards the week-to-week? -week? Now, I will preface this by saying I have an increasing belief that post-binge depression is a real thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> that affects millions of Americans, but is not talked about. Uh, and it's a downside to the binge model, which I was stuck up for when it was coming up very mm -hmm. big. But I've kind of come around in the sense that, like, yeah, I don't like post-binge depression. Like, I'm very happy for a couple days, and then, like, I'm very sad for a long time yeah. afterwards. Um, and I sometimes I miss the week to week discussion yeah. of certain shows. So um, I wouldn't be mind Netflix trying this out more with other shows and seeing how it could work. Like, and some of the more high profile things, like I think Haunting of Hill House would have been a great one yeah. to do week to week because of how invested everybody was immediately in that mm -hmm. show. Um, and then, like, each episode's reveals and the discussions and the theories that would yeah. have come up. Like, that would have been a really good one. So. I would not mind them varying it up. I don't think it needs to go one way or the other. That's where I stand. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't mind them varying it up. I mean, that's my biggest thing is I think it would be great to have a couple of series that you just do that model and not lean all the way one way or the other because then it feels more like you always have something new to watch because, yes, you might still binge some show that hits, but there's another show right around the corner that you're like, oh, well, I'll get the new episode of that. It's enough to fill in the gaps. And I think if they have four or five hit shows that they do that with, you spread that out over your calendar. 
And you're always, almost always going to have something to keep your interest. I think it's better for them as a service anyway. It's better for us, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, yes, absolutely. I think from, I mean, just from a business, like for us, it's better to be able to get people on our site talking every week. But also, I mean, I'm all for it because I think it'll increase viewership. Like you'll have more um, uh, event type shows. Mm -hmm. Like we had, what was the Game of Thrones was the last really event show. The Walking Dead was, but it died, and like, it, it, like we don't have that. I don't think we have that yeah. show right now and in I our think, culture, and it's because there isn't one. Like The Boys is the closest thing I think. Yeah, and I was gonna but say, but The Boys would have gained a bigger audience yeah. if week after week people were saying you have to watch this show. Yeah, if there was you have a to week watch this between show. that first episode for people just to be like, holy crap, yeah. did you see that first episode? Like, Because it took nuts. about but then a all week of like and a half the, for the, really But then for seven on. weeks, you'd have interviews, you'd have theories, you'd have reviews, yeah. you'd have people raving about it, and more and more people are going to get on that train, and it's good for everybody. I think so, I agree. Whereas it drops yeah. at once, people are like, oh, I watched it, it's great, you should check it out, it all happens at once. In the coming weeks, you try to find ways to continue talking about it. You don't know where people are at in the series, so you can't really talk about it. Yeah. It's it's uh, I love I love the week to week format. I'm all for it. I've never been a binge watcher in the first place. I don't I can't sit still and watch an entire season of Daredevil in one weekend. But I so I love the week to week format. Yeah. But I mean just from our, from our business from the the conversation standpoint from all from the audience building. I think that you get event television back by doing it week to week. Well, I think it varies. Like I think I was going to use the boys as a great example of something that would have been a much bigger deal had it been week to week. Yeah. If they've done like three episodes to first mm-hmm. and then like the last one over the course of five weeks, like many more people would have been doing this because the re- the real kind of value in streaming services has been, because we don't get the viewership numbers, has been in social media buzz, right? Yeah. That's how they kind of gauge whether to cancel these series mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think, like you said, the binge model is hard for people to maintain that over time mm-hmm. and i think the marvel series were com- were a perfect example of this like things that started out so hot like daredevil then quickly in seasons two season three and even though season three was excellent it it never really got the same level of buzz yeah because people were finding out all these reveals at the different times yeah. and stuff if you had seen that episode where bullseye first debuts and like has that fight with Daredevil in the news office, and that was like a weak thing yeah like we would have all been just going crazy well this is where and it's so like Comic book shows are mm-hmm. a thing I think would automatically, I think Marvel, Netflix, it would have changed the nature of how they made those shows mm-hmm. um, for week-to-week kind of spectacle and give yeah. things in just mm-hmm. those episodes where you get lost in the middle and then you don't even know like the four episodes yeah. you just watched. Um, that would have been great for that. But on the other side, I think things like Stranger Things, Stranger Things is designed to be a big a movie, yeah. like essentially. And so like I don't feel like I've binged a lot like or over binge Stranger Things because it is one big movie. Yeah. And so like when I see it like Dark Crystal seems like it's kind of in that vein, right? <coughs> yeah. It seems like it's just a big movie, binge it, cool, get yeah. it, you know, that's yeah. And not, that's a good experience, but like yeah, the Marvel stuff got too crazy. Um with 13 episodes, people would be like, "I watched 6. I tapped out for like 2 weeks and then I'm coming back to finish the last." Like I hope they like, do the week to week, week, week thing has with the urgency with Witcher. I hope they do that. Yeah. I think that series would also benefit. Exactly. I also that. think Disney Plus is forcing them to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's forcing Plus, them to find a formula yeah. to get people talking and watching their stuff. And, and we don't know what Disney buzz. Plus is yeah. going to yeah. do yet. We don't know if they're going to do week to week with all their upcoming shows. I mean, Marvel and otherwise. So I just I hope they do week to week. Yeah. Week to yeah. week is my preferred. Hey, Netflix, so, listen up. 
Yeah, we're trying to save your business. All right, so. You're welcome. There you have it. We wouldn't be opposed to more week to week. We've had a lot of what we wanted, but it's too much. Too, too much. much. All right, so. Too much of a good thing. Stay tuned because when we... Is that like Wendy... you guys rehearsed that? Is that no. Like, no. Is that like an inside joke I don't, <laughs> no, I don't no. know enough it's, to know about? It's totally really spontaneous. Yeah. Wow. Was, uh, totally spontaneous. Woo. Well, stay tuned because That's when cool. we get back, <laughs> we are going to dive deep into Brandon Davis's spoiler-free review of Joker, and Matt is going to break down the new comics of the week for us. Don't miss that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, so Matt, real quick. We are going to leave the floor for Brandon Davis to take us out with his uh, rant and mad rant about Joker. <laughs> so you can take us through the comics of the week and uh, let us know what we should be looking at. All right. Well, uh, first off, we're going to talk about, of course, we have to talk about House of X number four. Uh, Hickman's latest uh, oh, issue in this X-Men opus. Uh, we will get into this issue in a, in a deeper discussion next episode. Yeah, so we're going to give you guys some time yeah. to deal with this one in uh Really you, will yeah. <laughs> you will you need, need to. You will need to. Take it in. Yeah. Yes. Do not miss House of X4. That's our headline for this comics thing. Uh, but also, if you've been keeping up with DC, uh, you've been keeping up with the DC series, which is a cool alternate kind of post-apocalyptic thing uh, they've been doing. There's a one-shot out this week that kind of focuses on Big Barda and Booster Gold and some characters like that, and then John Constantine. It's actually really good. It's not necessary to the main series. Uh, it's called Deceased, A Good Day to Die, but it is written by Tom Taylor, who writes Deceased. So if you are a fan, it's really good. Like, you should check it out, but it is not necessary because I know it's like a one-shot and, hey, people's budgets, different things, right? Uh, Doomsday Clock number 11, the series that just that's still going yes, <laughs> it keeps going. What? what? It's still start? Uh, yeah, wasn't that last like, year. Yes, yeah, sometime. Yes. I remember that. Long that was, time ago. That's from a darker timeline. And we're on and eleven. We're not even done. We're on eleven. And I'm sure Obama was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had a whole different company here when that was still starting. <laughs> this series is still going. Uh, eleven comes out this Maggie week. Maggie Ree was still pregnant. Wow. Nice callbacks. These are yeah. very good callbacks. If you're still on board, which I think people are, because I think the reactions to this are actually good, it's just everyone seems to have the same reaction to be like, is this still around? Disney didn't own Fox yet. And, yes. yeah, and The Walking Dead was still worth checking out, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Right? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, there was still a Rick Grimes. <laughs> kind of maybe. I don't know. They still had a main character. Uh, so that is out this week. Check that out if you still care. Uh, it is, re- from what people say, it is really good. I kind of fell off. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was I like, I don't care about this at You all. can't pump this book out on a regular basis. I will ben check Affleck it when it's was all done. Batman. Oh, that makes me sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spider-Man Ben Affleck. Batman. still had a happy future. R.I.P. Batfleck. I, I love Batfleck. Uh, Green Lantern number 11 is out. Yet. As well, which is, uh, of course, Morrison and Liam Sharp. That is an excellent book. And if you are a fan of Jordan and Carol Fenris, uh, there's a really cool back and forth with them in this book. And it Carol kinda... Fenris? Ferris? Did I say Fenris? Yeah, Sorry. you said thinking, Fenris. I was like, wait. My bad. I'm thinking Dragon Age. <laughs> Sorry. Ferris, yes. Carol Ferris. And it's a really cool moment. It kind of, uh, this book is a little we all odd. Have completely different. Associations for Fenrir. I know. Well, I love said Dragon Age. We got to figure out. I love it. Dragon Age. So that book is out. You should definitely check. One that kind of is getting sleeped on is Lois Lane's uh, single book. Lois Lane number three is out. This book is excellent. Like fantastic. What is it about? Uh, it's essentially her. Just it takes place outside of Metropolis. It involves both questions. Yeah, which is about, always cool. It's mostly like Lois in her lane, like doing her thing. You just come up with that? Yeah, dad jokes. I got it. <laughs> got them. Jesus. Rap fire dad jokes. Uh, okay, so it is, it's just, it's a really cool, down earth, grounded, investigative story. Like, she's trying to solve this thing. Superman is kind of on the fringes, but it's not a Superman book. It really is about her. And there's a great moment where she essentially scolds him in this. And it's it's hilarious, like, couple moment as Renee is, like, here. And she's talking to Superman because, of course, he can hear her even though he's, like, up in the sky and yards away. And Renee just thinks she's crazy. And then finally, like, he comes down. And, like, this is a great moment. So really cool. If you're not checking that, I definitely recommend it. Uh, also, Something is Killing the Children uh, is a new series that started from Boom. Uh, James Tinian, for those who know Detective Comics, uh, his run on there. He's also doing Justice League right now. This is a creator-owned new series. And it's a little dark, as the name suggests. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds dark. It, it is. Uh, there's some brutal moments. And so if you're kind of on the squeamish side, it might not be for you. But uh, there's a really interesting dynamic between two characters, uh, two kind of screwed up dysfunctional characters in this that looks to ground it. Uh, you can check out our full review on the site uh, when this airs now. Uh, so you can check out that if you want more details. But very good. Like You should definitely check it out. It's the first issue this week. Uh, also, Battle Pug. Number one, why is it on here? Because it's called Battle Pug, and it's literally about like this old caveman guy who's still around, and he rides a giant pug, and I mean, it's amazing. Isn't like a shark and a gorilla one of the most popular comics? I mean, a bear and a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, also, if you're into stuff kind of outside Marvel and DC, uh, Vampirella and Red Sonia are having a team up book right now. Uh, that's just starting, and that. I'm not. I'm typically not like the biggest on either of those characters, but it's actually really interesting and fun. Like they do some different stuff with those characters that you wouldn't expect. So uh, definitely check that out. Alpha Flight, The North, number one is out. Uh, I did not know what to expect from this book, and there's three short stories, and they're all actually really good. Like I know Alpha Flight kind of has this rap of like meh, like being kind of these whatever. But this is good. Like this was three compelling stories, all of them like the perfect length. If you're even if you're not a fan, you'll find something to like. I think this is actually a really great starting point for them. Uh, also, Agents of Atlas number two. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, where the story where all these different countries are joined, where you can essentially walk past borders and everything. Uh, that has some really. I mean, it's very topical right now with 
borders and society and immigration, and there's some really interesting takes on that in here uh, with a super story, well, a superhero story mixed in. So very oh, good. It's better than Carnival Row. I, I feel bad about not caring about that show. But. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, also, The Punisher number 15. Uh, I don't really care about Punisher often, but in this book is Night Thrasher with a skateboard and Moon Knight. So I automatically care about this <laughs> book now. Uh, and it's kind of fun. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's like a really fun story about this weird like new Warriors team with Punisher thrown in. It's, it's like this really dark team, but I love it. Uh, also, real quick, uh, Widow, uh, sorry, Web of Black Widow number one, which is Black Widow's new solo series, uh, sets up some interesting things with her and Tony Stark, uh, and it leaves it in a place I don't exactly know what they're hinting at, but it has enough of a hook to get me onto the next issue. How many so. comics do you read each week? Almost like yeah, about 35, 40. A lot of titles. A lot of books. Yeah. I, did, I mean, that's not the whole list, but I had to cut it. <laughs> There's a lot of good books this week. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because now, as you've all been waiting now. for, as you've all been waiting for, Mr. Brandon Davis is one of the lucky fortunates to have seen Joker. You can read his full review on comicbook.com or watch it in video review form. They are both up, both are spoiler free for your enjoyment. But now he's here to tell you all about his experience seeing it and what he thought. So, uh, Brandon, is Joker going to be the highly anticipated, the most rewarding DC film we've gotten in a while? Will there be rewards, contention, all of that stuff we're wondering? Bum, bum, bum. Oh, man. Oh, that's putting me... No uh, pressure. Yes. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's unreal. Like The movie's so unbelievably dark and twisted and different, and I think it was amazing. Like, it's so, when the movie ends, you really have to sit there and think about what you watched. And I've never had a movie sit with me and turn into something else in my own head as time went by. And in the hours and the days that have gone by since I've seen the movie, it's just changed my perspective on the movie. Not from a quality standpoint, just about what happened. It ends with, it, it, it is fueled by this crazy mystery. It, it, it ends with this, with, with, Mysterious threads. I mean, it's like Joker is a character that has never had a definitive origin story. I mean, we've had pieces of it. We've had different pieces uh, told differently, things like that. And they don't, they, they leave it mysterious enough for it to both be a satisfying movie about Arthur Fleck and his journey as the quote unquote Joker, but also to not nail down anything too specific where a hardcore DC Comics fan would be like, no, that's not what happened. I'm a purist. I hate change. No, that does like that. There is none of that. There's, I mean, I think it's going to be divisive among different crowds as well. I think some people who go to the movies are just going to love it. Some people who go to the movies are going to be like, that sends a really controversial message, and I don't like that. Uh, then you might have the, the, fan, the DC Comics fans who are like, I love what they just did with this character. It's fresh, it's awesome, it's cool. But then you might have some who are like, ah, that wasn't enough of the comics for me. I can't believe they ruined a character. So I just feel like there's going to be so many reactions. I don't think there will be any in between. I don't think there's anybody who's going to walk away saying three out of five, six out of ten. I think you're going to have people who walk away either with their minds blown, in love with the movie, completely taken away by what it does. And then you're going to have people who are going to hate it and hate what it's set, what the messages it possibly is sending, how they're interpreting it, uh, and there, and I don't think there will be an in between. I land on the side of thinking this is a dark, twisted, gritty, 
raw piece of art uh, about scary real world issues addressed in ways that are terrifying and then applied to the most iconic comic book villain of all time. So, I mean, this is kind of, that kind of nails what we were saying from, from the outset when we saw the first trailer for this movie and stuff, that uh, this would be kind of taking Joker and using him as a metaphor and a symbol for a lot of what's ill in society right now. Yeah. It, um, and we saw the sketches of that. Uh, and, and there were all a lot of Easter eggs that told us, like, right from 1981 setting, which was really the onset of, like, uh, modern capitalism in mm-hmm. America and all this kind of the ultra-rich versus the, ha- the ultra-haves versus have-nots, uh, kind of that divide and really started to open up. And we saw all these social issues and things about, like, a mental illness, which was, you know, me, me and Megan were laughing about our favorite line in the first teaser is saying something like the thing about being mentally ill is pe- yeah. people expect you to pretend like you're not and what kind of a powerful, resonant message that was for anybody who's had any, like, mental troubles yeah. or anything like that. Um, yeah, and kind of flipping that around and making it about the Joker. And we've also explored in, you know, ways that this could actually enhance the mythos of the character in ways that you would expect, like, comic book creators to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose that with cinema a lot because people think, like, cinema has to just be this translation of a comic story that's already existed. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because comic stories are the whole entire nature of comics is, hey, I did my thing with this. You come in next. You take it. Now yeah. you do something. You and run with you it. Run with it. And expand it and yeah. make it bigger. Um, and it sounds like this movie in a weird way does that. Like with Joker. Um, kind of, yeah, expands his meaning. You know, what he is as a character and a symbol. You know, what his place in Gotham City means. And, you know, using that and to reflect that in a real world way sounds like everything I wanted out of this movie. So I am Paul. So I have a question. Go for it. Does, and I mean, I know you can't go into like specific and stuff, but did you come away from this movie feeling empathetic towards that character? Man, and that's, that's one of the things about the messages the movie sends. Um, he's the Joker as a villain. And the character in this movie is doing terrible things. But the way that it is framed at times, at least to me, as an audience member, I can't speak for everybody who watched it, made me feel at times like I don't know if I was rooting for him because I know what he was doing was bad. And I yeah. know where he was going was bad. But it does make you feel for this character. And it, to an extent, I think it glorifies him, which uh, to me... And I've said this in the office, and I've said—I don't think I've ever said this here. I'm not one of the people who goes to a movie and looks at the message it's sending to the real world. I like to just go to the movie and enjoy it for what it is. It's an escape from the world we live in. Yeah. For a couple hours, you can look at what's on the screen. You can be told a story. You can enjoy it. You can hate it. You know, you can make up your mind about it, and then you can leave it there. To yeah. me, that's what I and and escapism. It's yeah. escape. Yeah, that's why I like movies so much is because they don't have to be part of my real life. And I don't really review movies based on how they will impact real life. But mm-hmm. then I was watching this, and this is the first movie that, for the first time, I couldn't help but think about what it's sending, what it is saying to the real world, what it is saying to people uh, about how they feel about this character, about what this character feels, about what other characters are doing to this character. I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like Joker. I'm sure there's a movie out there somewhere. I mean, there are other Martin Scorsese movies that I guess are you can compare us slightly to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just different, and it is dark and twisted, and it just really made me uncomfortable, not only because of the tension in the scenes, but also because of the way I was 
like hoping things would turn out or think things yeah. would go as a result of the way it, the story unfolded. I, I don't want to spoil anything. I'll no, get, no. Once the movie comes out, I can't wait to like be able to, once everybody's seen it and you guys can have seen it, the people listening have seen it and we can talk about it, I can't wait. I, there's never been a movie I've wanted to talk about more because it really stuck, the movie stuck with me. I am curious because I, I am curious just already seeing tweets, seeing impressions about people who have seen this movie and are taking questionable uh, questionable uh, messages from it. They're taking very uh, just kind of awful messages from this type of movie and saying it explains away behavior, saying it's okay to act like degenerates <laughs> and I don't I don't necessarily like that and, it, and it's a part that I'm trying I haven't even seen the movie yet so I'm just trying to rectify that in my own brain of like I get it because I get escapism but it's with yeah. what's going on in the world right now how the hell do you watch I mean, this there movie were and that not fine. think that there were, there were very specific moments where I was like wow this is they're it, really putting that yeah. out there like like this is my question is now this movie was made but things have drastically changed in like the last month even in terms of how in society we are looking at you know violence and mass violence and the commit and who the committers of mass violence are mass violence are and kind of getting to this place where you know it's becoming this theme about the angry feeling kind of overlooked dregs of society that are now bubbling up and becoming these violent out you know yeah, you know, it's a real thing. Activist, but violent, exploding in these violent mm -hmm. acts. Um, and, and, and the more and more we see them, the more commonality people are beginning to line up. You know, you see just, you know, pastiches of these guys' faces, and they're all kind of, of the same ilk and, you know, had the same kind of story of combination of kind of social ostracization and mental illness yeah. and kind of were ignored and ignored and ignored until they burst out and did these things. And I felt like a lot of that is resonant in this movie, yeah. either for better or for worse. I don't think the filmmakers knew where we would be now. True. No. I mean, out. there's no way to guess. So do you that. think that in the changing social context, like The Hunt, that movie got canceled yeah. because of these changing social contexts. Do you think that's going to be a problem for Joker? Well, I, I but in what way would it be a problem? Like you're saying, if people... Like right now, we for the movie, like, yeah. I, I, I just mean, like, is it gonna hurt messages. the box office? It's gonna fuel the box office. Yeah. Controversy in this thing is only gonna make more people curious to go see it. It's not gonna, they're not gonna not release this movie. It's gonna get out there, and everyone's going to talk about it. I mean, I think the movie itself is, it just blew me away, like, in, in every way. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable how well he portrayed. This mentally ill character. I, 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 as I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, they must have really researched this mental illness that they're trying to tackle." And I don't think it's one that they tried to hone out. I don't think they picked one specifically. Maybe they did, but I think they just tried to get little ticks of mental illness and make sure that they were present because it just it it felt so real, and that's what makes the movie genuinely scary. So I think that will it can it hurt the movie? I mean, you're going to have people who are going to hate the movie because of that. Absolutely. You're yeah. going to have people on the news talking about how this movie shouldn't have been released, but it's going to be released, and that controversy. Me in political speeches, uh, going to wind up. I think it, it's going to make it I, into conversations at home because my now that I won't say that affects the box office or makes a tank or anything like that, but I am saying there is discussions coming from this that weren't there before. 
my wife and me watched the second trailer. And after that trailer, she went, that's a really good trailer. I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to go to something that talks, that portrays this kind of person that way. I don't want to see a movie that shines a light and says, not that it's okay, obviously, because there's shades and nuance, and I'm not not saying that that's not in the movie, but I don't want to go to that right now. Like, you can go see that with somebody else. She would have been, she was on board until, like, at, at the idea of a Joker movie, sure, we'll go, I'll go see that. I'll go see whatever. But there's going to be conversations like that within family units. When you get over the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas, you're going to have these families come together right and talk about movies. That is going to be a conversation point that I don't think it would have been seven months. If this is released last year, I don't think that's the case. I think it's everyone's just talking about how glowing a performance it is. I think now, I'm not saying it will flop or anything like that. I'm just saying now there is going to be an extended conversation. At it. the same time, at Just Play Devil's Advocate and yeah. to be the optimist of it, maybe it will raise awareness for the stuff say, that's happening. I was going to say, my next question for you was, uh, what I was building to is, do you think it's, in your view, is it a glorification of certain kinds of things or is this like a warning tale? Like about if well, you it's, don't. It's all. It, I think it's going to vary from person to person in how you see the movie. Uh, there are so many, just different ways the movie goes and different ways you can perceive. It's it's so hard to talk about without spoiling anything as well. But there's so there's, there's just different. There's so many different layers to the movie, and then there's layers to each of those layers. When you look at each one, you can dissect it and say. I think that this scene was saying that. I think that this scene was saying this. I think that that scene was saying something else. And then you can say, I think all those things are wrong. And this, it's really hard to take one thing away from this movie. And while Arthur Fleck, the character, the, the Joker character, it maybe is like, I guess he's the protagonist, which makes him the hero of the film to an extent, I don't think it paints him in a way that he is... To a character you're supposed to like, I think he's just a character that you're supposed to understand. In the same, like it's like Thanos in Infinity War. Th Thanos was the protagonist of Infinity War. He had a clear goal, and he did it by the end of it. And his goal was bad, and we knew Thanos was bad, and the Avengers were trying to stop him. And so, but it was a Thanos movie, despite being called Avengers. Joker is the same thing, but the villain is actually in the title, and he is the protagonist. So while Infinity, I mean, there's a big difference yeah, between Infinity a giant War, purple Yeah, it's Thanos. not realistic. <laughs> and, yeah, well, yeah. also, Infinity War, Thanos, like, had a goal. Joker doesn't, like, really have a goal. And you'll see it in the first act of the movie. You'll be like, I wonder, what's the point of this movie? Yeah. And then you'll be going through the second act. You'll be like, oh, maybe this is the point of the movie. And then in the third act, you're like, holy, I guess that was the point of the movie. And it just really shocks you several times over. Uh, but, it, I, I mean, yeah, it could raise awareness for these things and say... Hey, we need to talk about this. You know, if you want to brush this movie off like you brush off the main character in the real world, as people do, then then maybe you're not going to have that conversation and nothing can change your mind. All right, well, we're going to leave it there. Before we get too spoilery or anything, I think Brandon Davis has laid out pretty interesting things that make me more intrigued to see Joker now than I was. Oh, so, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. So that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for listening in. If you are just now getting into the show because you saw something like Joker in the title, be sure to check back every Wednesday and Friday when we post new episodes of Comic Book Nation on comicbook.com. You can find our RSS feed there that you can subscribe so you get regular updates about the show. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, 
uh, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll start playing for you. If you want to continue the conversation about anything we've been talking about or ask any questions, you can find us on social media at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Brandon Davis BD. And if you love the show, be sure to go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We will be reading uh, new updates pretty soon of the reviews, and everybody's review that we read on the show, we send you guys a Comic Book Nation t-shirt, so be sure to keep leaving those reviews because that time is coming up, because we've almost cleared out yeah, buddy. the backstash of uh, people we had to send to, so that's coming up uh-huh. fast. Otherwise, we want to thank you guys for listening again. Uh, fall's here. We're all ready for the fall season and bring you a bunch of new stuff about fall movies, fall TV shows, comic books, everything going on. So be sure not to miss a single episode. Thanks for riding with Comic Book Nation. We're out. Deuces.